Here we go. Hope you guys are doing well. Special uh, Sunday version of opening up all of the platforms. Uh, the Hidden Truth, Fighting for the Kingdom of Heaven. I want you to spend a lengthy time with me um, here on this episode because I'm going to be giving six counts of indictments of the modern-day religious church. And you want to pay attention to these indictments. Um, there'll be a rebuttal in this show. And I want you to also connect. Um, after the show, pay attention. Um, special message for you. So, um, normally in the lab, uh, control environment, but I'm outside, outside the lab, on the deck, a beautiful Sunday, early evening, and I hope that where you are listening to this episode, you, you are also sharing a beautiful moment. Uh, you're in an awesome season. Here in the Midwest, it just feels really awesome because uh, we're not and this is the month of August. This is the month of, we need some humidity and heat up here in Northern Illinois, but my birthday month is awesome. This year has been totally awesome because it's a beautiful, it's been a beautiful season. And we've had a spell of hot and humidity, but I'll take this any day, any time over triple digits, famines, and everything else happening on earth at the same time in this moment. So welcome in to the setting. I'm not in the lab, like I said, not in the captain's chair, nor am I in position on the monitors. And as I get myself situated, I just realized I need to make sure I got all the earphones in the ears on this, for this one. There we go. Hopefully that's better. So you're inside, outside the lab with me, but you're in where you're at listening to this. And that's what you want to share on this one. Um, Hidden Truth, Fighting for the Kingdom of Heaven, Six Indictments of the Modern Day Religious Christian Church. I want you to pay attention to this. And also our friend Belgis, there's going to be some awesome, an awesome announcement that I'm going to be sharing. Um, Hidden Truth, Fighting for the Kingdom of Heaven, Six Counts of Indictment of the Modern Day Religious Church. Let's get in to the setting. Getting myself acclimated here. Kind of nice being outdoors, you know? Being outdoors and doing something you love to do. And this will be a challenging episode. This will be a challenging conversation just because of the weight that I'm going to be moving around. And whether you're dealing with politics or religions, plural, there's a weight because of the tribal mentality, the ideologies, the paradigms, so on and so forth. I just mentioned three. And it becomes a challenge to the ears or the listeners because of the tribes that they are connected to. But this is an important conversation 
Again, hidden truth, fighting for the kingdom of heaven. Now, I spoke on this do, 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 over 10 years ago in Chicago. And um, it is ripe for the moment right now. Six indictments of the modern-day Christian church. Let's get into it. Not in the lab. You can always email nightmoodshq at gmail.com or type in nightmoodshq. Write it down. On, put it on your server, Google search, connect, or you're listening to or when you listen to this podcast. And you'll be able to follow us for depths of kingdom education, history, conversation from time to time. Our Thursday one-on-ones are on a summer break until September. And then we'll be bringing a few of my friends back on the regular Thursday one-on-ones conversations. So I'm excited about what the fall has. And I hope you're excited. I hope you're preparing yourself. I may want to take some notes because this is going to be a little bit heavy. It was then, it is now, and again, the seasons are ripe for where we are as a society, as culture, world systems, and behavior patterns. And an inferior kingdom on this one planet that we all share. As I say, pick a country, find the problem. And in the lab, I have two global maps. And it is, I can literally put my hand on a nation and find an issue within that nation. So there is not a nation immune from the corruptions, oppressions, and suppressions of world systems. And if you can look at it from whatever vantage point that you are on, is it a decline of culture or is it radicalization of culture and behavior patterns. The behavior patterns are just out of order. I'm talking not so crazy, right? Again, pick a country, find a problem. So here we go, hidden truth, fighting for the kingdom of heaven. Now my platform, as it always is, wherever I am at, whether I'm here with you, in live traditional meetings, settings, teachings, whatnot, conversations, I let everyone understand that my platform, much like Jesus' platform, was about his father's business. And this platform that he has placed me on is founded upon father's heavenly kingdom, the government, protocols, rules, and statutes. And it's every day that I get to cultivate my behavior patterns, my culture, to mirror his culture, and submit and surrender to Father's heavenly systems, protocols, rules, statutes, and how he governs from the throne into the earth realm, and utilizing all the presence of his angels and spirits to be involved in the government as he rules, right? So again, this would be a challenging, mm, I call it a challenge, Whenever you're watching on the wall and you have an assignment to bring an account to different bodies, nations, which are nationalities, 
people groups, it normally doesn't go off as you would think. I learned a long time ago, don't take care over the words that he gives you to bring forward. So there is a lot of wisdom in this. A wake-up call, a clarion call, and that all depends on your responsibility. Let's get after it. I'm done mummering and stammering. Six indictments of the modern-day religious church. Now, if you are part of a denomination, you are part of a religious church. You're a part of one, the spirit of the Sadducees, one, the spirit of the Pharisees, one, who's the spirit of the Sanhedrin, a governmental organization, political organization, buying into the political atmosphere and ideologies of power. One of three, if you're a part of a Christian denomination, remind you, Jesus did not bring Christian denomination to the earth. What he did bring was his father's kingdom. When you truly understand the studies of the scriptures, when you truly understand how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. So you're going to hear a whole bunch of wind out here. Um, our tree in the backyard here. I love being out here on the deck. And so is it not a controlled environment as much as it is its father's environment? And I love it. So it is what it is. So I know, <clears throat> time time I'll be taking some drinks here. I know that my Heavenly Father, your Heavenly Father, in this moment, taking a look outside your door, outside your window, your five natural senses, what do you see, what do you hear, what are you touching, what are you connected to, what are the results happening right now in as many nations that are vying for credibility? I call it global cred. Livelihood, survival of the fittest. So what do you see when you look out your window? What do you hear when you step out into the pathway of your life? And that's including your fellowship, your your partnerships, your associations. What are you noticing? What are you noticing? Not what are you noticing through your training, but what are you noticing? And see, there's, there's an issue growing, building, and it's been building globally, possibly through the 2010 decade. 2015, 2014, 2016. Now, you're listening and you're looking at the mountaintop of America and the mountain is starting to quake. There is volcanic ash coming out of the top of the mountain. Something's going on with that mountain over there. That nation that has been created a little over 400 plus years ago one of the earliest new nations on this planet, that mountain right there. Look at that mountain. Something's going on with that mountain. And the old country, the one world that we all are living and sharing on is looking at this mountain that created itself 
and placed itself on the pinnacle. And so when you travel overseas and you look back and you have conversations, people may ask you, what is going on with that mountain? Shines, projects, strength, power, authority, wealth, blessings. But see, that mountain is starting to shake. It's starting to spew volcanic ash, smoke. Something's going on with that mountain. And nations in, around, and on top of that mountain are working overtime to keep that mountain from crashing. But at the same time, I think due to what is happening inside that mountain and the corruption and the pride and the refusal to balance humanity with its spirituality, the refusal. And when you look back at the history of this mountain and the quiet covering upon many nations unequal to the majority of the mountain. People, when you go across the pond, travel across the Pacific, go up north, go down to South America, and they're looking at this mountain. And the other powers, the great powers of China and Russia, Germany, they're just waiting. But they're not just waiting. They're positioning themselves while they have eyes on this mountain, this mountain called America. And if you haven't noticed, go outside, walk in your pathway, and listen, look, touch, but pay attention to what you're listening to. Pay attention to what you're hearing. And get outside of your fellowships, your associations, your community out of your tribes, <clears throat> to realize what on earth is happening through this mountain created by the people. 400 plus years ago, right? And here we are. As tides come in, I think of the gravitational pull of the moon upon the earth. And there are certainly things changing on earth, spiritually. But who's paying attention to those spiritual changes? I think more eyes and ears have their entanglements to the natural building, the natural creation, the natural thought process, ideologies, whatever it is, political persuasions, to control those outcomes. lack of realization, and I'm just going to be blatantly honest here, who is ultimately in control of this, who is upon the throne, whether people believe this or not, they don't understand creation. And if you just simply remove yourself from anything man-made and place yourself into what is organically created, God-creating, God-inspiring, God authorizing, ordaining, trees, grass, mountaintops, waters, 
and sit there, and you're going to realize just how small we are in perspective to Father's creation. Heck, at nighttime, if you go outside, look up, and you have stars above you, if you're listening to this right now in this nighttime, Sunday night, look up and just see how far your eyes can see to those celestial stars, moons, and how small you really are in compared to the lifespan of humanity and Father's creation. Think about that. So God is directing his ecclesia. Now, because I have been trained differently, I have a different language. Um, I'm not apologetic for my language. You'll just have to come up a little bit. God is redirecting his ecclesia spiritually back into the kingdom order. I believe that's the book of Acts. And how he wanted his children to pattern themselves based upon his statutes, ordinances, and yes, protocols. In the new covenant, what Jesus returned to earth was Father's government. In Father's kingdom. Those statutes, ordinances, and protocols that he gave to Moshe in Deuteronomy all summed up in Yeshua and he demonstrated, he proclaimed, and he taught the power of Father's heavenly kingdom. I have this saying, prove God or die. And we're in serious times. If not, they have not been as serious as they're going to be. They're no longer, well, that was for that generation. You know, when you go out and get into your pathway and look into your life and listen and hear and, and, and touch, but pay attention to what you're listening and, and listening for. World systems. World cultures and world behavior patterns. Now, I guess the debate could be had then and there that is it in decline? Is it becoming extreme, radicalized? Is it undivided? Now, uh, this is coming from a person who's a watchman on the wall, right? So this is a special, this is a challenge. This is a special challenge to bring forth these six indictments. Um, you might want to have a note, pencil, put in your notepad, phone, whatever it is for you. Um, but I understand this now more so where we are at in the year 2022 because of what non-believers call supernatural events or the earth, mother nature. And the non-believers, those in the world systems, world cultures, and world behaviors, and also those who have fled from the religious systems, the religious culture, and the religious behavior patterns. See, things have been moving like scenes in the movies. Multiple scenes playing out over the last decade are opening the ears and awakening the eyes to Father's chosen people to simply return to their first love, the basic principles, protocols, and statutes of the kingdom of heaven. 
and see, I talk about the kingdom protocol statutes and ordinances because these are the governmental attributes of how Father rules and reigns from his throne. And the presence of his kingdom help administrate in the Father's ruling. They help administrate in attending to the protocols, the orders, and statutes. Seven spirits is for the throne of grace. Isaiah 11 and 2 give you those names of those seven spirits. Revelations 2 and 4 and 4 and 2. And Mama Spirit, the spirit of wisdom, being the chief among the seven, the six other spirits. So here we have the return, the challenge of how to get to the return, what the return looks like, the placement of the return. But see, there's order in everything that our Heavenly Father does. And if you don't understand the pathway, you will not understand the order. If you don't understand the order, then it's hard to stay in the protocols. And those protocols keep you, frankly, out of the statutes, the governance as sons and daughters, spirit-filled, spirit-led, born again, and saved. So I'm not playing with religion, but I'm going to give you six indictments as a watch person upon the wall, a student of bibliography, the kingdom of heaven. And on this deck, if I were going, if I were to stand on the ledge, I would be able to see 365 degrees. But more importantly is my position for what is in the horizon, what is in the present setting, even out there in the distance, but what is not in the kingdom. And at the same moment, I can also turn and look inside the kingdom, look down from the vantage point that he has, by grace, placed me, and many others. And you can see in the same settings. But there ought to be distinctions from Father's kingdom and the kingdom of the world. There ought to be distinctions, and there is distinctions. So the statutes, ordinances, and principles framed up in the governance of the kingdom of heaven. And it's our, it's our heavenly Father who's placed this upon Yeshua, Jesus. When you understand Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7, and he birthed into, he was birthed into the earth, right? To return what Adam lost. And Adam simply lost effect of government, governing, governance, and father's garden of Eden, the first heavenly kingdom. And because of the fall. Father removed the kingdom. And so returning the kingdom, because Jesus came, John the Baptist is in the book of Matthew saying what? Repent for the kingdom of heaven has returned, is here, is present. And with the birth of Messiah, Father placed the government of his heavenly kingdom upon his shoulders. Isaiah 9 Verse 6 and 7, when you understand what the yoke means for Father, it's not a farming implement upon the shoulders of Yeshua. He tells the prophet Isaiah what is upon the shoulders. 
And he first had to reveal this to Mose, Moses, right? So we are living in the era, obviously, after the res resurrected Messiah. And my spirit has told me, the Holy Spirit has told me, not my spirit, the Holy Spirit has told me that we are in fact living exactly like the children of Israel and how they chose to live in the records of the old covenant, especially in the book of Malachi. Fascinating book. Fascinating book. As this has been confirmed to me as a watch person upon the wall. Now, this mountain America is suffering from its created pride, arrogance, religious legalism, and the abuses of the church. Again, if you put an ear to the walls of religion, you're going to hear some dastardly, crazy, corrupt, criminal things happening at the top of these organizations. Truth. And there's also abuses from sexual, physical, immoral, psychological, financial. Talked about corruption, the wickedness. This is about the church. And true enough, a false sense of security by directing ourselves and becoming self-righteous. Meaning you don't need Jesus. You don't need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit because you have been given everything that you need to have in order to achieve the things that you believe God has for you. That's self-righteous. And then they take that paradigm and then they judge that upon another, including the world systems, behaviors, and the world cultures. And these mixed up ministers and the body caught up in their infidelity, their treachery, their treasons of the faith, their compromise, their divorce, their false worship, their false teachings, their false leadings, their false service. Just as the prophet Malachi rendered his prophecy to the nation and the children of Israel. See, I see our culture looking at the culture, and the culture breaks down to nations and subcultures, right? And in this include the non-believers, those in the world. And here in this country, you have the very same light of a mixture of nations and ideologies and tribal mentalities and political persuasions. And everyone's looking at this mountain like, what on earth is happening to this mountain? And if you haven't traveled, and if you haven't had conversation with brothers and sisters, associates, fellowships who aren't American, then you may not be exposed because you won't leave your tribe. You won't live outside of your paradigm. You're not open to the experiences of this one world that we all share. So in my role tonight, in this moment on this episode, I will gener generalize this. Can I call it a report? Can I call it a an episode? I don't even know what to call it. But I'm going to generalize this report on experiences speaking with different assemblies and witnessing in many communities from proven statistical information 
even news reports from many false teachers and leaders who are behind the pulpit wrongly interpreting the scriptures to fit their self-designed book of standards because they could never meet the standards of Father. And that's why you have religion, denominations, because they could not achieve the standards set by Father, so they broke it down. And if I can just live in this level, and if I can serve on this level, then it should be okay. Distinctions in Father's kingdom. See, you can't be one foot in and one foot out and believe you're in Father's kingdom. And woe unto those who believe that. So before I go further, I must report here to you that there are small segments of nations and of believers who are not acting or playing with religion by living the lifestyle set by Yeshua and working and living daily, learning how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. And they are within Father's desired blueprint. So, rest assured, there is a remnant. And in our culture, in our generation, and in this modern day, our Heavenly Father is not asking us questions. Why are we not following His Son? Rather, he is showing us his unmistakable, all-inspiring judgment and wrath that is sure to come. Again, step outside, get into creation. So it can be um, safe to say that we are living in the dispensation of judgment. It can be safe to say this. The, the proof is upon the hearts and minds of all those who are surrendering and submitting to Father's authority. And the proof is on the minds of all those who are rebellious to God and the ways of God and the systems and the cultures and the behavior patterns of that heavenly kingdom. And it should not take a theological degree, honestly, to understand what is happening in religion and the ecclesia with the faith and the Holy Spirit. Now, for the most part, now for the most part, six indictments, for the most part, this is not raining down death or gloom and doom. For the most part, there is a remnant because he is upon the throne. And he who is upon the throne is still functioning, living, ruling in power, in his sovereignty. And because of that and the witness of the Holy Spirit remanded to earth, amplifying heaven and the amplification from earth to heaven, Remanded to earth, because of that, the remnant's here. So there's a distinction in Father's kingdom. There is an advantage. Jesus said this to everyone who would be saved and born again, believing unto him in John chapter 16, verse 8. He said, um, it's to your advantage that I go back to my Father. And if I don't go, you can't receive the, the helper. See, the helper is the advantage. And when you learn 
how to live <clears throat> in Father's kingdom, cooperating with the advantage of the paraclete, who is the intercessor and the hope, the help, excuse me. You become one who can mature as a daughter and a son. And I told you this is going to be challenging, so i got to make sure I drink down this one. But I, I need to break this down, slow this down, so that you understand. This is, this is a challenging conversation, if I can call this a conversation, because it addresses some special matters that's happening right now. Now, I told you, I talked about this in Chicago back in 20, 10 years ago, right? So I'm going to bring this as my memory brings it to me from the notes. I'm like, holy smoke, how far has the measuring rod moved from this back in 2010 through 2012? Now, I look at the mountain of America, at everyone and as many nations outside of China, outside of Russia, outside of Germany, United Kingdom. And when you have conversations and relationships with our brothers and sisters in as many nations, looking back across the Atlantic, looking back across the Pacific, you're going to have an understanding that they see a nation on top of a mountain who has the wealth, who has the riches, who has all the education, the power, the authority to change cultures and democracies and republics and autocracies. They look at America upon this mountain. It's like, if you've ever been to Nepal, it is just fabulous. And then when you're near and driving up to the Himalayas, it's awe-inspiring to see the vastness of those majestic, powerful, huge mountains. And it's like they go up into heaven when you're there. So America, this mountain, is living in this religious facade, practicing religious, playing religious worship while living a pseudo-casual Christian walk. Lukewarm in most cases. In a personal comfort zone called contemporary Christian. That comfort zone has changed its name to a national Christian. Christian nationalist. Being taught a relaxed version of God's word we know to be called watered down the milk who is presenting himself as Messiah's advocate? Who's the defender of the truth? And who do you know has overstepped the man-made in some small cases? Who's overstepped God-given authority? And how can that even possibly be? Well, it's simple. When pride gets in it, when ego gets in it, when money plays around in it, and then you open up your mind to the manipulations of the spiritual realm to which there is a prince of power still ruling lawlessly in the earth. His name is Apollyon. 
you have opportunists believing they are God's vessels. Simply, they are simply Lucifer's vessels. Think about what you're seeing in religious churches. Back to America, I got to talk about this because this is about America. American religious state of affairs can be graded with an F for failing to teach the gospels of the kingdom of heaven, to live out the gospels of the kingdom of heaven as sons and daughters, failing to live their life, cultivating, cultivating their life, their identity to Father's kingdom culture, and for failing to love each other as Christ has commanded us. Take a look around in your pathways. And because of this, we are caught up in the minutia of man's ways to understand the word and live a Christian rigid lifestyle based upon the interpretations of man's limited brain at best. All of us limited to understand the biblical nature of Father's attributes, morals, his character, his desires, his soul. Be cooperating with the Holy Spirit. To everyone who is saved and born again, you have someone who, you have a spirit who you can cooperate to. I love the fact that these, this wind is blowing right now. Pick up. So this, this, this lifestyle that's based, has been now interpreted, um, exercised based off of standards of different denominations, different tribes in these denominations. And in these denominations, you can even break it down to sect, S-E-C-T, or you can even break it down to cliques. Now, what do you see when you look out the window? What do you hear when you're walking in your circles? So this limitation of, of man's brain to understand the Bible in Father's supernatural sense and position when we were always meant to be trained by the Holy Spirit. See, servants will serve you to Jesus and then we take our hands off because we have no need to serve you because now it's your responsibility to take the walk and produce yourself in your identity as a son to Father going through Jesus, cooperating with the Holy Spirit. But see, in the church religious setting, what has happened is the pastor, that bishop, that prophet, that apostle has become your God. Because whatever he says, I must do. And that sounds like man overstepping the authority of Jesus. So the great F for the proselyte, the hypocritical attitude is shown. A great F. Now, in the religion of Christianity, we see the church, the world, including the non-believers, operating together. So they're, they're in different villages, different cities, different towns, but yet these two distinctions. One is a kingdom of the world, and those who are saved and born again become the Father's kingdom. See, you are saved out of the kingdom of darkness and you were transferred out of the kingdom of darkness and you transferred in something greater 
why would Jesus come to transfer us into something mediocre, something less than the kingdom of darkness? It doesn't make sense, and it never will. So the operation looks the same, sounds the same. But where's the distinction? Where is the distinction? So seeing the religious and many denominations of the faith in a religious war for real estate, for people, and in many cases for doctrine, for power, for prestige, for authority, find your television station and find your next celebratory minister, the celebrity minister. And so you have all this percolating in this mountain. And in the mountain represents all the nations that are divided in this country, right? And this ultimate fight for the church and religious supremacy. As I said, who is the greatest church? Who has the most numbers? Who is making the biggest draw? Who is headlining this? Who is doing that? Blah, 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 blah. At the same time, hundreds who are sitting in these pews, these chairs, these benches, on these floors, are asked to give, 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 give. And where's their restoration? Where's their deliverance? So removing all the focus of the gospel of Jesus Christ and Jesus' message he gave to the disciples in those synoptic gospels. I want to get to this part here because we're coming into the first indictment. How many of us stand up for Jesus' ministry, defend the ministry? Not half of the ministry, but all of it. See, when, when it's hot, are you standing and defending the truth when it's hot? Or are you running away from the truth when it's hot? When the challenges are severe, when the persecution is at your doorstep, is on your phone, is in your email box when the persecution is protesting against you because you will not choose willfully to be a part of that paradigm, that regime, that culture, that subculture. See, when we are saved and born again and claim Jesus, we must claim Jesus. Understanding and living out his purposes, his functions and responsibilities that he delivered to us in those gospels and believe the entirety of the scriptures. But don't stop there. Because the Heavenly Spirit is continuing to speak when you understand his function, his purpose, and responsibility as Jesus taught in John 16. So how many of us live for the covenant, the new covenant, the New Testament covenant of the redeemed? And how many of us live for the return of Jesus? Two is people, four is people, and bringing the end of this earth as we know it. How many are living for this? Or what is it like to live with the God who can give life and take life when you slow life down, step out of the pathway of life? The church and the body of Christ is and has situated itself in a defiant, self-righteous lifestyle perpetuating religion. And who is indicting the moral character of priests, of servant leaders, and theological teachers who are not teaching the truth? 
and barely tampering with the truth. Maybe because they know if they were to tamper with Father and lie upon his spirit, could he actually take their lives, recognize what is happening in your pathway? Who is abusing the ordained privileges bestowed to them? This country, America, and the church, like the children of Israel, has a definitive reason to be indicted on the same six counts laid out in the book of Malachi. Malachi indicted his people and his culture. So let me revisit those same six counts and show you why we are living exactly how the children of Israel were living. Now, when I say we, I'm painting this broad stroke of a paintbrush. So you may be listening to this, and you may not be part of the religious Christian church. I know I'm not a part of the religious Christian church, so I'm sharing with you the six indictments. And how in this culture and subcultures, we are many are serving themselves in an overexposed, impatient, aggressively arrogant, prideful, and hypocritical culture. It's sex, it's clicks. And who wasn't getting the assignment right? The mandate. The assignment is the commission. The commission is given. That was left to us to be fulfilled when Christ left the mandate, right? Indictment number one, repudiating God's love. In our Lord's affirmation of his daily unconditional love for us, the church, the ecclesia, you are the ecclesia, and most Christians only look at what they lost and have forgotten all the blessings and the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus accomplished everyone's sake. So we tend to lose hope, or they tend to lose hope. And how could a Savior love me? And how could my Heavenly Father love me when all is going wrong with me? When my circumstances, my situations, and my and these crises that I'm dealing with are, are, are impeding my life, hindering my life. Some even say are destroying my life, depending on the language that you're using, right? In certain situations, many blame father and fall out of love with his son. And albeit father being everywhere and every time, and there's not a place and time that father's never in, where's the blame? Could it be because in our soul closets, we are ultimately to blame and responsible for our actions? Responsible for our surrender, our submission, our spiritual obedience, and our righteousness, but we blame that when we can't achieve it in the different seasons of our life. We blame those upon Jesus as, as if Father has re- forsaken us. See, in our culture, many grapple with loving their neighbors. Take a look around your pathways, let alone family members. Say hello to your political persuasions. I'm so glad I'm in the kingdom or those even in the body, because they take on a tribal mentality. And this word tribalism has been unearthed in America over the last six years. 
When else have you heard the word tribalism in America? Prior to 2014. I told you this would be a challenge here. Even though, and even through the church's sorry, wayward excuses, Jesus Christ still loves the bride. As he surrendered his life. And Father still loves his creation, including the Gentiles, by the spirit of grace and by the spirit of mercy. Just as the same as he had loved his first elect, the children of Israel. And in rejecting Father's love, because he doesn't answer his people on time, does this sound familiar? Because he tells us sometimes no, or wait, or he is quiet, Christians automatically believe that God doesn't love them because most of the time, Christians are not getting their needs met in due season, or their wishes, or their dreams. And then, on days like today, Sunday service, many put their Sunday best clothes on, attending Sunday services with their lattes or coffees, sitting next to their favorite people, pretending that everything is okay, playing with religion, pretending to worship, pretending to praise, and at the end of 30 minutes, give us a 45-minute, 50-minute sermon so I can get out the door. And this is happening when the love of Christ in them is at a low flame or their heart is cold. Did not Jesus say, do not let your hearts be distressed? John chapter 14, verse 1. Indictment number two, refusing the Lord his due. And this is honor. Refusing to honor Yeshua. Refusing to honor Abba Father. Refusing to honor Yeshua and Abba Father simply because you don't want to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Because you still want control and mastery of your life, your earthly carnal life of your mind and your soul. See, when we become saved and born again, we give up our rights and enter into Father's kingdom so we become his possession. And if you don't want to be Father's possession, step back into the world. See, there's a distinct problem. And the adversary gets more honor in this setting and he doesn't have to do much because human beings want control in many aspects and micromanage and our brains connected to our soul as it is written simply does war with the spirit nature in our heart. This is indictment number two. Refusing the Lord. Refusing Abba Father. Honor that is due. Christian men and women alike should stand in contempt for honoring self before the Lord. Say it again. Christian men and women alike should stand in contempt for honoring 
himself before the Lord. Man and woman alike should stand in contempt for honoring self before the Lord as well. And from the younger generations to the baby boomers, we tend to fall in the honorless pit, willfully daring anyone to remove the honor that we manage, we self-governed, right? So in general situations and circumstances, I won't talk about the crisis, but for those who are in general situations and circumstances, we have replaced, or they have replaced, honor with their self-motivating egos, inflating their pride, their pocketbooks, their power, selected authority, believing in their own self-esteem before our Heavenly Fathers and His Son, or even even cooperating with the Holy Spirit. So, I haven't even talked about the Holy Spirit. And why is it so hard to give our Heavenly Father His honor? Our Heavenly Father, who is the giver of life and the taker of life, the universe is in Him, creation is in Him, there is no other greater kingdom than his. And the kingdom that we are in, but not to be a part of, this world kingdom, man's kingdom, this inferior kingdom, that when we all became saved and born again, we were transferred out of this world kingdom and into a greater kingdom. This honor is what I'm talking about. Why is it a challenge? Why is it so hard to give Father honor? My Father, when I say, holy is your name, I'm honoring your name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done here, just as your will is done up there in your heavenly kingdom. Does that ring a bell? Does that sound familiar? The challenge of giving our heavenly Father honor before our own honor and our own existence for some is quite troubling, to say the least. So, now we have this issue, and we commonly deal treacherously with one another, then once found out, we hide behind religion or the word to shield us from the dirty kept secrets that we cultivate, manage, nurture in our soul closets, and we cling to them And those dirty secrets elude us, keep us from the gospel of truth. We honor our idols, calling them our gods, unbeknownst to some before Yeshua, doing exactly the opposite of what Yeshua spoke to his disciples, doing exactly the opposite of what Father spoke to Moses. You shall have no other gods before me. Who do we honor before God? Well, for some, man before God. Some honor their, their animals before the Lord. Some honor their jewelry, their materials, their houses, their vehicles, their music. Some honor their money before the Lord. Some honor their most prized possessions. I couldn't get that one out. Before the Lord. And some tend to forget to honor the Lord for their redemptive 
for the, his redemptive purposes through his death, his burial, resurrection that he completed for all mankind. He, he completed for all mankind at the same verse that comes out of this mouth. All mankind won't believe in Jesus. Yet he became cursed. He became the one crucified. Now, many were being crucified in that time by the, the Italian army, the Romans. But him being particularly the DNA and RNA of Heavenly Father, that's the difference. And it's like he said, no one can come to my Heavenly Father unless they come through me. So you can't go around him to get the Heavenly Father. You can't be under him to get the Heavenly Father. You can't go over him to get the Heavenly Father. He said you've got to come through, through the shed blood, through salvation, through redemption. Come through. you got to come through the transfer. And the Holy Spirit is the bridge to the transfer. So coming through, being saved and born again, understanding scriptures. This is the second indictment. So many honor power, rulership, authority, and man's accomplishments, but have a hard time honoring Father and Yeshua because they have lack of faith in their own tank, because they have not seen the risen Lord, because they have not heard Abba Father, because they have not even seen his glory. And in many cases, some do not know him intimately. And that is a shame. Many have loosened the principles, the protocols, the statutes, and definitions of kingdom while honoring and sending false messages and its religious systems into many buildings and pulpits. And those who sit in those seats believe and follow. But what happens when they, the foundation cracks? So the lack of kingdom honor has been promoted and a false sense of Christianity has profaned Jesus' most holiest organism, the Ecclesia, who was, mm, not everyone, who was unaware of Father's honor and unaware of his omnipresence and unaware of his sovereignty and unaware of his culture, his relationship that he wants to love and he desires to love. And he desires those he loves to reciprocate it back to him, unaware. And in most cases, doing this, in most cases, for self-righteous gain and corrupt involvement, and I'm talking about the church, right? Where is the honor in this? And in the name of religion, we, those, not we, in the name of religion, they lie, steal, and cheat, and curse another, cause havoc, schisms, in the name of Jesus, who we are, who they are, and we are watching what they are doing, inappropriately dishonoring his purpose, function, and his commitment to be about his father's business, 
as he completed it and they're dishonoring it. So by doing this, what they are doing is allowing the enemy, the adversary, and his familiar spirits in the very atmosphere, territory, and environment that many are praising and worshiping the king. But guess what? They're praising and worshiping familiar spirits. Remember, he's the Lord of Lords, King of Kings. There's no discernment in this indictment. And the Father deals justly with our, now I say our here, with the totality of immoral behavior in, the, in his kingdom honor system, both spiritually and naturally. You're seeing that playing out today because of the non-committal, the non-loyal, because of the non-believing, the unbelieving, and less than honorable value system stemming from the lack of knowledge, namely ignorance, that many call the works of God, not for today. The works of God being natural to him, and here on earth we call them supernatural because the natural is considered earth language as man produced, and what Father produces in the realm of the Spirit, man can't produce, so they become supernatural. So, here on earth, and especially here in America, collectively speaking, this is the self-appointed illegal honor that leads many also to bring in an honorless tithe, an honorless offering into Father's storehouse, his ecclesia, the, the organism in the buildings. Just like the nation of Israel... Many do the same, falling to their knees and lifting their hands publicly with tears, weeping and crying. And the Lord knowing everyone's hearts and thoughts and minds does not regard the offerings, nor does he receive the sacrifice, the praise, the worships. He doesn't receive them with goodwill because he can't give that which is from defiled hands to Father. And Father, knowing every one of our thoughts before they ever leave our mouth, when you sit there and take all that in, that your Creator, believe Him to be or not, test Him to see if He gives you life and takes your life, He knows every one of our thoughts before they leave our mouth. Do we really know who we're playing with in this indictment? So Jesus won't even give to Heavenly Father into his glory because he's at the right hand of his power, right? He won't even give to him what defiled hands present to him in certain settings. And this includes the self-appointed righteous honor who turned their faces from Yeshua as if he dishonored them by not granting to them the most coveted gifts the most coveted blessings that they desire because of gain, because of their self-appointed, ordained honor system. And in fact, many say to the Lord, why do you not hear me? Why are you ignoring me? Why, why do you not bless me when I'm going and through this and when I'm doing all I can for you? See, that's my honor. See, in the church's own honor system, they cannot even honor their spouse, hello, their children, their family, 
their friends, and I won't even talk about parents. They live in a selfish honor system because they choose to maintain pride and ego, spirit of pride, spirit of ego, and their father, the lawless one. And so they live in this honor system that they cause, and it causes violence, emotional violence, physical violence, spiritual violence. And yet, like the nation of Israel, they yell, where is God of justice? They yell, where is my hope? Where is my help? And they yell all these many myriads of things, lobbying them toward the throne, not even realizing the Holy Spirit being remanded to earth. Now, in this indictment, there is a need to realize that Yeshua and Father still live and move by Father's kingdom merits, his honor system. And what is that? Well, loyalty, character, integrity, morals, honesty, and values. And not by man's rogue system, at best. Where is the honor? in this religious honor system. Indictment three, rejecting God's faithfulness. Rejecting God's faithfulness. Here, the very second we are dealt a bad hand in our life or we choose a wrong option, we blame Jesus. We blame Father, first rejecting Father's unconditional love and second, his righteousness and effective faithfulness through Jesus witnessed by the Holy Spirit because of our lack of knowledge and cooperation to the Holy Spirit. Not respecting of who any of us are, right? So, many appropriate this. They carry the banner of Christ and the banner of religion, not understanding the ultimate sacrifice and faithfulness Jesus completed for our behalf. We even have the audacity to reject Father because we feel like Father has rejected us every time one of our needs or wants, or desires are not met. But if you realize your position as a son, a daughter and son in Father's kingdom, that your needs, he's obligated. That's Matthew chapter 6, information. And the desires, if you live as a son or a daughter, the desires you can ask for. That's John 15, kingdom intel, right? But what happens when they're not met for some? Oh, they're lobbing and heaping stones verbally. And be careful who you lob and heap stones verbally to because you can heap them at Satan. You can heap them at familiar spirits. You can heap them at your earth family, parents, wife, spouse, sons, daughters, nephews, grandchildren. But what are you doing when you heap and lob the verbal assault to one who takes and who gives life. 
This is indictment number three. The Lord has always remained faithful to us, and so has Father. Through Father's mercy, Father's grace, and his favor. Say hello to Hebrews chapter 4 and 16. Jesus told us is to our advantage that he must go back to sit and be seated at the right side of Heavenly Father. It's to our advantage. And that advantage is the paracletos, the Holy Spirit, the intercessor, the help. And so I want to challenge you while you're listening to these indictments. I want to challenge you right now to understand the functionalities, the purposes, and responsibilities of who possesses your heart. And that's 100% the essence of Abba Father. In the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who possesses your heart when you slow your brain down, slow everything down in and around you and realize that out of his glory, his essence, his makeup, a spiritual connection, like an umbilical cord from a child in mom's womb. And what does that umbilical cord do? Provides the nutrients, provides the DNA, the RNA, provides the modality of, of what is being created in the womb. This is the Holy Spirit, spiritually speaking. And when you just slow down and get out of your tribe and get out of your learn paradigm and you realize or maybe not realize because maybe you're not saved and born again because religion has gotten away and you said nope not doing all that that's retarded that's to malfunction i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do me because i can do me better than what you're doing but when you realize who he has placed into your heart study this for yourself test all things prove all things hold fast to what is true study this for yourself and ask him, open my ears, open my eyes, so I can come from underneath these indictments and live in peace, bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit who's in our hearts, right? So test all things, prove all things, hold fast to what is true. This is in the middle of the third indictment. This is lofty. And I'm not going to apologize because I have to get through all this for you. Now, Jesus left us the Holy Spirit. For those who believe in him. So you have an advantage. And Father has never rejected his children because once he saved us, we became adopted into his family. Now, if you take it upon yourself to taste and see that he is good, and you say, no, I no longer want to be a part of this, then the king can remove you out of his house, out of his kingdom. Study your scriptures. Test them. So your rejection is based upon your commitment, your loyalty to grow as a son and daughter. And if you look at your heavenly father, and you begin to assault him. And then you take it up a notch. And then you get to the point of abuse. Again, he will not allow anything defiled to be in his kingdom. 
and yet we're doing, many are doing these very things in church settings. It's crazy to me. And if we are to be with the Holy Spirit, who never leaves us and has never left Yeshua and never has been forsaken from the essence of Father's glory, the DNA, the RNA, the spiritual DNA, the spiritual RNA manifested in the evidence in us. That's why we understand and we feel the transition from the natural into the spirit realm. Why we can see and hear because of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, John chapter 3, verse 3 through 5 as well. He will not reject us, he being Father. Though we are supposed to be saved and born again, we reject Jesus every time we choose to transgress or sin against the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he is in us. So when that happens, people compromise their salvation each and every time, not knowing what that does to their sonship, their position as a daughter and a son in Father's kingdom. Once saved, always saved. We'll keep you one foot in and one foot out. Jesus didn't tell you once saved, always saved in John chapter 3. He was talking about eternity. He was talking to this scholar, Nicodemus, what did he say to him in John chapter 3, verse 3 through 5? See, the Gospels are your foundation. And what Jesus said, he meant because he was speaking in authority as the key representative from Father's throne, being his son, his, in his likeness, in his form, in his position, in his role. What can I do to enter heaven? Nicodemus says to him, right? And what did Jesus say to Nicodemus? Let me, let me break this down and go here real quick. And thank you for being here with me. A very challenging indictment because of the, the weight, the weightiness. The conversation in John chapter 3 between Nicodemus, who was a scholar, teacher of the Old Covenant, right? and a ruler over the Jews, and there's a conversation between Nicodemus and Yeshua. And he says to Yeshua, he says this, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from Father, for no one is able to perform these signs that you are performing unless God were with him. And Jesus replies to Nicodemus and says, truly, truly, and every time you hear or read Jesus saying truly, truly, he's saying as a matter of fact, I say to you, Unless someone is born from above, talking about a spiritual birth, he is not able to see the kingdom. Nicodemus returns and replies to him and says, um, like, how can a man be born when he is an old man? He is not able to re-enter into his mother's womb for the second time and, and be born, can he? Question, right? Jesus replies the second time. This is known as the kingdom birthright. Verse 5, Jesus says, as a matter of fact, I say to you, Unless someone is born of water and of spirit, now he's talking about natural birth and spiritual birth, he is not able to enter into the kingdom of God. Then he goes on to say in verse 6, what is born of flesh is flesh, and what is born of spirit, capital S, is spirit. And don't be alarmed by what I just told you, by the way. He talks about the air. So, your salvation 
has everything to do with your redemption. And when you were redeemed, Jesus paid your ransom, took it to Father, said, this person is paid for. Now I am transferring him out of the kingdom of darkness and into your kingdom because I paid the ransom. I have redeemed them, Father, and this person is good. So now that they have been redeemed, saved out of the kingdom of darkness, salvation comes, brings you out of the kingdom of darkness, and you are transferred into Father's kingdom. That kingdom transaction that happened in that transfer is the experience, the engagement, the encounter of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus is talking about here. So I say this to say that you compromise, people compromise, many compromise their salvation each and every time when they transgress and or sin against the Holy Spirit inside of their heart, inside of their vessel, because they want to maintain control of mindset, logic, and the abilities. And when we are redeemed, we are transferred out of the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of mankind. Your transfer means that you are no longer have ownership over your body when you are transferred into Father's kingdom because you are now becoming one of his sons and daughters. And the king owns you by right. The judge rules by right. And the father loves by right. Intentionally. Intimately. So like the nation of Israel, we too have rejected, and I'm talking we, broadly speaking, we too have rejected him to follow man. In most cases, those men in religion. In most cases, those men and women in whatever political persuasion you may find yourself attracted to. My question to you, the church, the ecclesia, those of you listening to this, question means you bring forth answers in your own time. Not to approve me, but the question would help you draw deeper to Father. How can the Lord sin against mankind? How can the Lord transgress against mankind? And as crazy as this is going to say coming out of my mouth, how can Father sin against himself and sin against his creation? How can Father transgress against himself and his spirit and sin against his creation? So when I speak of mankind, I consider women as well. So I'm not diminishing, demeaning, alienating our beloved sisters in Yeshua, fathers, daughters, because without you, we're not here. So are we greater than the master, John 15 and 20? And why have so many spun out of control, the rejection wheel, putting the Lord, Yeshua, out of our relationship and blaming Father for what we have rejected and for what some have rejected? And why is it easier for some to reject each other whenever we do wrong by another or we are not of the same mindset, of the same 
political persuasion or the same tribe. And the question is, has Father ever rejected his own? Be careful when you answer that question. These are just questions. Because Heavenly Father rejected his own a couple of times. He annihilated them in the desert. But Jesus didn't reject his own. See, that's the difference. His Father, who's the giver of life, and the taker of life. And when you're not living in his standards, his protocols, in his government, his rules, and his statutes, question, search out the question, has Jesus ever rejected his own? Has Father ever rejected his own? Do your study of biblical history, kingdom history, and whenever disobedience went into spiritual disobedience, you're going to see the Father wanting to annihilate the children of Israel. But because of his righteousness, Jesus can't reject that. Because of his righteousness, his right standing to the Father, Jesus can't reject that. Are you catching that? But many reject Jesus. Indictment number four. The righteousness of God's standing. Redefining God's righteousness. Indictment number four. Redefining God's righteousness. Six indictments happening in real time. Talking about it right here, right now. The righteousness of his right standing. Right order is shown by the life of Jesus Christ who exemplified being in alignment to his heavenly father. The Lord sent Yeshua to redeem us, to pay our ransoms, to be the curse breaker. And when you've been redeemed by Jesus, no matter what you heard, no matter what you studied, in a pagan setting, in a world setting, in a world institution, when Jesus redeemed you, having taken all sin, all transgressions for mankind, he is the deliverer, period, because of his righteousness, period. Some willfully choose to redefine the Lord's righteousness to meet their own selfish value system and needs. And Father sent Jesus Christ to redeem whosoever and return whosoever into his kingdom. And you and I, who are not by birth blood, Hebrew in nature, by birth, you and I are Gentiles. And I talked about Jesus taking on every sin, every transgression, being hung on the tree. But what is special about him is the fact that he is the very DNA in seed form of Father. And he took every transgression and every sin, every curse, so that those who follow him, mature in him, could have every opportunity to live in Father's righteousness, having accessibility to Heavenly Father and proximity to Heavenly Father. And that's unlimited access to Heavenly Father. Because you have the Holy Spirit who searches the depths of Heavenly Father, and he is the only one who searches the depths of Heavenly Father, so the game gives you the advantage of having unlimited access 
And so many just give superficial surface access of, I need my needs met. I need my bills met. I need this. I need that. But see, a better question foundation could be this. Father, tell me by your spirit this. And how do you do this? Because as a child, to our earthly parents, we're asking those questions as a child. How do you do this? How does that work? Why is that this color? You see what I'm getting at? How much more the children of God? And getting this level of access, establishing and maintaining the two-way relationship with us and with Him, and making the deposit of the Holy Spirit the down payment to eternity, which is, as I said before in the third indictment, he is the umbilical cord to the throne room, to the realms of the spirit, while you can hear, see, and taste, and feel your natural five senses, both supernatural level. Many have been given this moment, and this day, and this time, and this generation, to repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The hour is near. The time is growing more impatient through the spirit of grace and the spirit of mercy so that you can share the gospel of the kingdom. By sharing the gospel of the kingdom, you are becoming one of the daughters and sons who are maturing and helping administrate Father's heavenly affairs into the earth realm and many have been given this second opportunity and multiple opportunities by the Spirit of grace to live out the will of our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ, completing our assignment before Father terminates your existence on earth. That's when He calls you to His throne. Many find it hard to endure Jesus' righteousness, so they redefine what the purpose of his crucifixion and redemptive power returning to the kingdom back to their own ownership while he prepares for us our new kingdom until his imminent return. In this second moment, in this second time, in this part two, if I can call it that, in creation, this is part two, the new covenant is part two, the old covenant was part one, and part three, the new heaven and new earth that we live on. Part two, the Lord is purifying you and me. And the fire is hot for most of us, so we jump out of the fire, the pot, to attempt to evade, to cool down, to get out of the heat. And fire is meant to purify. See, I talked about this a couple nights ago. Oh, the last time. It was really kind of cool because the fire, many will cause the devil to be accused. But when I study the scripture, then I'm reminded by my mentors that it was the Holy Spirit that took Jesus into temptation, not Satan. So who's on the throne? Who's controlling everything? We don't know who we're dealing with. 
The Holy Spirit took Jesus into temptation. Took him into temptation to be tempted. So the fire that you could possibly be in, Father ordaining, authorizing, ruling the adversary to come into, I'm not talking about our normal choices in life. I'm talking because there's ruling happening in the courtroom of, of heaven. And many don't understand that you're the plaintiff when you're saved and born again. But many don't go before the courtroom because they've never been exposed to supernatural courtroom proceedings. But see, this is in John chapter 1 and John chapter 2. And the presence of the angels will present themselves before the throne of God, it says. And the enemy, Lucifer, was with them. The only one who was not with them was Job. But Job is now getting ready to have a ruling upon his life. In the same token, New Testament covenant, the Holy Spirit talks to the Hebrew brothers and sisters in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Come boldly to the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace in a time of need. So where's the throne of grace? Not in your heart. The Holy Spirit's in your heart to connect you to the throne of grace, which is in a destination way past the north star where Father's throne and the mountain of God and the presence all the kingdom of heaven, including the seven spirits, the myriad of angels, the 24 elders, so on and so on and so on and so on. Everyone who's saved and born again and who has been accepted into heaven, that's where his throne is at. And so here on earth, when the fire is hot, people jump out, attempting to get some relief so they can breathe easier. They can, get, they can find some comfort, making it seem as though people are beginning to redefine God's order, his timing, and the right way while resisting his judgment. But if you have looked at 2018 to right now, judgment has come to the earth and has smacking the mountain called America. The king never told us to redefine him. It has never been a part of his purpose. His purpose is to redefine us by and through our salvation and our commitment to become loyal subjects, sons and daughters. He even said he would re redefine us with the refiner's fire, Daniel chapter 3, verse 19 through 30. So why do we try to redefine the Lord holding ourselves in contempt? Indictment number five. Daily, the religious church robs father of his riches and attempts to rob him of his wealth. And when they rob him of his wealth, they, they have stiff hands. Someone's saying, well, how can you rob creator? Well, he can give it to you. And for you not to pass it or move it, interchange the king's wealth as he insinuated or commanded or informed you to do when you have stiff hands, and you are supposed to release his wealth, his commonwealth of the kingship, of his authority, then you have stolen the riches that come from his wealth. Father has allowed his children to manage the wealth here on earth, stewards, because in fact the riches 
have been given to us as a means of inheritance, whether it's a job, it's resources, it's provision, it's blessings given to us by Father. And he calls each of us to account, and we will be made to give an account of the stewardship of his wealth, of his resources, of his provision. This is indictment number five, I'm telling you, robbing Father's riches out of his wealth. Indictment five. Now, in banking, this giving of a, an account is what happens when you have to balance the books in a business. In economy, I should say. And if you have a bank account, you balance your books. And so you have to give an account of what you spent so it, it comes to zero so you, that you don't have a negative, meaning not sufficient funds in your account. And when you balance the books, we work to do what? To have increase and live off the increase, not live off the balance. So Father calls us to give an account. And my wife used this word about a year ago. I can't think of the word. It's really kind of an awesome word um, because she used to be an accountant. And she plastered this word in a meeting. And Tim and I were like, oh, that was good. It really was good. But Father gives us an account, so I can't think of the other word. And we, his children, at large, try to hide the very same resources and provision and blessings he has given to us. Now, I'm broadly brushing this indictment because I understand there's a remnant. But this is for the indictment of the mountain of America that everyone's looking to outside of Russia, outside of China. But people, I'm telling you, when you travel, have communications and friendships, outside of this nation, you get across the pond of it, known as the Atlantic or the Pacific or going down to South America or even north of Canada. Because Canada's ruled by their king. So they, they know their resources and provision. They understand the kingship. People are looking at this mountain that is wavering. And earthquakes are happening. And fissures are happening. And lava is beginning to fuel. What is going on with that mountain? This is the fifth indictment. Some say this. I can repay my father later because I have to take care of my needs first. Or some, in fact, do a great job selling religion, being fake, considering this. You know, those who sell water and sell oil and sell all these, these materials to increase their bottom line. No one is watching, and no one will ever know what I have. And we only give our offering to the Lord only on what we can count as gold or precious. And that precious thinking is what will initiate us in his love when we give that offering, give that tithe. And no one will know. So we'll just give a little bit, right? And this will initiate us into his love by if we just give this and the presence of the giving and more importantly, religion making us feel good in front of others in the body. And now you've seen this and I'm not even a part of religion and we have seen this and it sickens me to no end. You know, they, they hype up those in the front who are given and they bring them to the altar and they say, this person has done this and they name them and they 
they heap a whole bunch of honor and respect and glory upon those who give, but then you have those who are given what they have, and they do not get the same honor, the same respect. And the Lord will give account with his Father of everything that we steward. And when the church does the thing I just said they do, it gives a false sense of security because it shows we do not understand Jesus' ministry, his authority, and Father's governing authoritative, most powerful kingdom and how it functions and operates. So Father gives and continues to give us everything we need as sons and daughters, and in return, we give him back less than what he has given us many times. So we give him in return what we would not give to who we honor, so we steal from God. Remember, stiff hands don't give. Loose hands, soft hands, soft arms give. Father asked us in his word in Malachi 3, 8 through 12. And he's talking to the priest. So when you're studying Malachi, he's talking to the priest, the ministers, the servants of God. And many pastors crack me up and kill me when I hear them doing this to incite tithes in the new covenant, which were never meant for the new covenant because in the New Covenant, Jesus changed it, and you bring an offering to the king. And so they'll use this upon you, and this book to the prophet Malachi was given to those priests who were robbing from the storehouse in the temple. And the father asked them, will you rob me? In Malachi 3, 8 through 12. And out of the ignorance, many respond, how have we robbed you? I'm reading from Malachi 3, 8 through 12. We have our bills, home, food, I'm, I'm adding here. We have our bills, our home, our food, all to be paid. Well, simple-minded one. You didn't understand that the king and his presence of his kingdom, because you didn't understand it, you didn't have the information. You didn't have the information. You didn't have the knowledge to live in because you were born into a democracy here in America. So that means you don't understand the king. And when you do the biblical history of America, you realize that it protested a king. Say hello to your Protestant Reformation. So I'm in the kingdom. I'm not protesting my father. I'm not protesting his protocols, his ordinances, his statutes. You're protesting means you're coming against. You want to be heard. There is no justice. There is no equality, so people protest. So I'm not a part of the Protestant protesting reformation and protesting religion. So I'm not protesting Father, nor his kingdom, nor his supernatural signs, wonders and miracles, and his goodness that is on display. You choose your elected officials here in America to a term, and they are supposed to work in that term for the citizens of the United States. But in Father's kingdom, the king elects the citizens and gives the citizens the right to work and the right to live and receive from the king's common, the wealth of the king that's common to all, not respective of people. 
language, culture. And the king, by the king's way, owns everything in father's in his kingdom. In father's kingdom, he owns it. Every last one of it. In a kingdom, whatever a king gives to his citizens to manage or by a gift, they are taxed and they pay a royalty to the king first. This is known as sowing and reaping kingdom system. Our father has never robbed us, but yet many regularly rob him, not giving him at times a second thought. Our father is known as the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Man will rob you, but the father will never rob you. The devil comes to do what? Rob, kill, and destroy. Those who are open for his business, for his pleasure, for his manipulations, for his tricks. But you, son and daughter of the king, you cannot be robbed, killed, or destroyed by the one that you are positioned over. Because you're positioned over Lucifer, if you didn't know that. I mean, he's under your foot in real time. Jesus came to restore, to redefine, and when he came to restore and redefine, he saved and redeemed you. Jesus is the true in the truth. He's the person in the peace, and he is the invisible form. He is the image of the invisible father, so he's the invisible form of the, our invisible father, Colossians 1 and 15 and 16. The Lord tells us to bring all of what into the storehouse, church? What does he tell us to bring? Bring your offering. Bring your tithe. That there may be food in my house. He's talking that in Malachi 3.10. In the Old Covenant. He even tells us to test them in this. In the Old Covenant. Yet, we cannot trust Father's words. Why? We feel... For many, his words have no merit because we do not understand him, nor do we know him. So, many do not have relationship with Father because of the lack of faith, unbelief, the lack of knowledge, our weaknesses, our soulish desires, and our emotional pleasures. So we rob Father. If he was truly in us, we were truly in him, would we rob Father? No. Did he rob us when he sacrificed himself on the cross? He, meaning Jesus, Father sending his son to be sacrificed for us. So he would have said, no, I'm saving you. Let them get through this life on their own and we'll judge them at the end of their life. But no, see, he, he caused a, a spiritual bridge to come into earth so that we can enter into the eternity. So, the truth is, when you cross the bridge, you ought not to be robbing our Heavenly Father anymore. Indictment number six, reviling God's grace. Reviling God's grace. The mountain is shaking. Now, here's a question. A lot of questions in this, so you might want to go back and re-record this, or not re-record, replay this, write them down. 
the questions are for you. And as much as I'm an ans asking the questions, I'm answering the questions myself. Do you understand that you were saved by his grace, by the favor of a king through his son? Do you understand this? Do you truly understand this? But in the church, many culture deems it useless to serve God because some believe this way. God doesn't care about me. He's too busy for us. He doesn't truly exist. And if you're listening and you're number three, he doesn't truly exist. And you don't even understand your creator who is the giver of life and who will take life. And our life with your life will be given an account. Now, you don't have to believe it right now, but rest assured when spiritual reality of when your body terminates, I've done many funerals. The realization in hospice that one is preparing to leave this earth and has no clue what is getting ready to come down to their eternity of hell or their eternity of heaven. See, you're in the present state, so you only care about the present state. And your learned abilities to what is coming to eternity did not come from your creator. It came from mankind or the manipulation of the realm of the spirit. Um, so that's for those who believe he doesn't truly exist. This is reviling God's grace. Indictment number six. How could he leave heaven to become human like us? I've heard that question. Number four, he hasn't answered my prayers. Number five, he allows the wicked to go unpunished. Number six, children all over the world are suffering. Sexual abuse, hunger, rape. Number seven, I do not have time to serve. I do not have time to live because I'm too busy right now. By grace, <laughs> you're even here. By grace, you have been given an allotment in your life to live in spite of your truly wicked, backwards, and evil ways and your thoughts and your, your desires that lead you down the pathway that you're choosing. By grace, you have been redeemed because by the Spirit of grace, His grace, Father's grace, you have been blessed like the children of Israel. We call kingdom citizens believers, proud. Let me back this up. What I'm saying is this. By his spirit of grace, through Jesus, you have been redeemed. Because by his grace, you have been blessed. Liken to the children of Israel. They are known as also kingdom citizens. And so the world calls you proud, who by Father's grace have been saved and blessed through Jesus. Also like the children of Israel, those that do wrong go free. Also like the children of Israel say this. So many say those that do wrong, they go free. Well, look what's going on in, in, in crime, in our nations, plural, here in America. They're not getting judged. They're not being arrested. They're not, they'll have their day because he who is on the throne 
is waiting for the moment of spiritual meeting the natural setting. And when the spirit meets the natural setting regarding judgment, that's not the intersection that you want to be in. So those that do wrong and go free, test the will of God with malice and intent. And many are so free-minded that they speak against his grace that has saved us, pardoned us, and created us. And with self-pride and false humility, being out of the kingdom alignment, religion before the graces of the kingdom, accounting themselves by their works instead of accepting his spirit of grace, his spirit of favor, and his spirit of mercy. And because of his grace and mercy, you can come to him. Those who are saved and born again. Indictment number five, six. Who are you teaching religion to speak against the goodness of the Lord? And who gave you the right to debate Father's grace through Jesus? Six indictments. And here's my rebuttal. My rebuttal for such a time as this in 2022, the Bible can be broken down into scenes of history and many scenes of history past are here in the present because of the lack of discipline, spiritual obedience, surrender, submission, and learning to the lessons in the scenes of history before this generation. Again, broadly painting this brush because there is a remnant on the earth. And the remnant is not a religious remnant. The remnant is in a relationship with Heavenly Father through Jesus, and they're learning daily how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. This is that remnant. And so when you break the Bible, the Scriptures, and all the Scriptures written by everyone Father encountered, and those who encountered Jesus, even to the councils of bishops who extracted testimonies, witnesses to those who walked with Jesus. Say hello to Ethiopic Bible, America. You don't have the same books in your Bible that the Ethiopic Bible has because the bishops wanted to keep power, the bishops wanted to keep authority, and they wanted to keep continuity in those scriptures. And so you have what you have because of the lack of knowledge. Many are not even asking questions to justify, to certify, to ratify, to test, judge the merits of their pastors and bishops. So they're taking it as face value. So the children of Israel... America could be likened to them. So you're seeing the downfall and the decline of systems, of culture and behavior patterns on this mountain that three-quarters of the world is looking at. And much like the children of Israel, Father's chosen people, when the Lord promised to give and who he promised to give, 
and did promise to give the land flowing with milk and honey, Israel. You have the rest of the Old Testament written and inspired by the Holy Spirit of Father, given to us by chosen ministers and the elect, because I choose to say the elect, because the spirit of wisdom has a lot to teach us in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 12, and in Proverbs 3 and Proverbs 5. So the Old Testament given to us by God's chosen ministers, women, and men, and the elect. From Exodus to Malachi, time and time again, God has used his compassion and his vessels through the major and minor prophets to steal away his children from a corrupt world system behavior patterns and culture, and to steer his children and those who sojourned with the children of Israel, those Gentiles, back to his original order that he established in the first kingdom created with Adam. And he left Adam to steward and to engage him in a relationship in his kingdom. And then Adam and Eve in their free mind, allowing to be duped, tricked, manipulated by the fallen angel. So the Lord took the kingdom back with him and placed it in a position, a station, and Satan was given to rule. And it's in the scripture, it's really kind of cool. The power of the air. The prince of the power of the air, Satan given. The prince, not the king, the prince of the power of the air. To rule because of the first indictment of the Lord. And we are given history accounts that can be authenticated. Archaeologists are finding and laws established that have been archived to show proof and evidence of Father's kingdom in the earth realm. And Father fought for his people until their willful spiritual disobedience and wickedness and failure to achieve righteousness, surrender, and submission. And hear the words of the prophets. Father had to make his plan for redemption alive by birthing Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, through Mary to bring the kingdom back to earth and to connect the beginning to the end. And his earthly ministry, Jesus laid out Father's kingdom blueprint through government and through the government, signs, wonders, and miracles, established through protocols, statutes, and ordinances for us to share with the world so that they can be impacted, engage, and encounter and experience not religion, but experience and execute their life as a daughter and son in Father's kingdom. Jesus never came for us to debate and live under religion. As I close in this, this indictment, six indictments of the religious church, I ask you the ecclesia for your answer. My answer is simple. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. And now who will you serve? 
kingdom of the world? Or will you serve this kingdom of heaven?